Welcome to this week of Tell Me More. We're back in the studio, all three of us, and we're continuing our conversation on the Holy Spirit using the text in John 14 and some stories from Dennis Wiles' life. Um, It's challenging and it's worth talking about, and we're glad you're with us today. Well, we're here in the studio talking about the Holy Spirit. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Katie, you had some kind of guiding questions for us to work through. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. You think we just get in here and hit play and start talking, but <laughs> we do, I actually we do that have sometimes. An, yeah, actually, we mostly do that. <laughs> but I have an outline. So, yeah, well, wow. it, welcome to It Is Monday Morning. Mm-hmm. We're back in the saddle on kind of a Monday morning rhythm, and all three okay. of us are here, and so lots to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday's sermon is what we're going to talk about, obviously. I had kind of an opening. It's not preaching lab. I mean, this podcast is not preaching lab, <laughs> but— which would not be a bad thing. Well, but Dennis Wiles is a skilled preacher. Mm-hmm. You taught preaching at mm-hmm. the very seminary that Luke and I graduated right. from. And when I listened to the sermon yesterday, I thought I, I thought it was really at a at a at a sermon level, which is not why we do this, but mm-hmm. a very interesting and good sermon in in terms of crafting. Mm-hmm. But it was also a bit different than what you normally do. Mm-hmm. You you started with just a kind of a longer personal story mm-hmm. about your experience, mm-hmm. and then kind of on the tail end mm-hmm. did kind of the application and the and I thought it was very captivating and very good. Mm-hmm. Why, why did when you're preaching out the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you're two weeks into a four week series, why why did you I- end up doing that? <laughs> because the Holy Spirit hey. made me to. <laughs> 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 Obviously. <laughs> it did, is it just kind of like it just felt right once yeah. I kind of got rolling? You know, I, I would tell you I have I have why tell our church a story they've never heard before. I know, I know. About that. <laughs> well, first of all, I would say this. Um, I have developed somewhat of a new routine homiletically. Not not, not entirely, but mm. but I um, I have started being more intentional when I'm out walking now, uh, giving some attention and focus to my sermon that I normally have not done. Mm, That's okay. usually what I do in my study. Yeah. Um, usually when I'm out walking, I'm focused on a lot of other things, you know, praying about life and family. and. But I have started taking some individual time walking where I'm just focused on my sermon. So mm-hmm. that's a new phenomenon for me. So I was out walking last week and praying about the sermon in um, intentionally. And... Um, and I ask the Lord, just just impress upon me, remind me of my own personal encounters with the Holy Spirit, where I knew that that you empowered me, equipped me, gave me insight, and um, in in a way that I think I could use as somewhat of an introduction, because I knew I wanted to introdu- introduce the sermon with just embracing the reality of the supernatural world. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with y'all, I haven't thought about that story in a long time. I mean, it's something that obviously happened to me. <clears throat> I mean, it was 34 years ago when mm-hmm. it happened, so it's not like it's on the front of my mind. I mean, Luke, uh, are you 34 yet? <laughs> so, no. There yeah, it is. So this happened before you were born. And uh, so— It's <laughs> caught what it is. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and so, you know, the, as I kept walking, I, then I started replaying it all over in my mind. And I thought, you know— mm. I just felt led to let that serve as kind of the introduction. And I knew as well 
that it would be, in order for it to have its weight, it would have to be a little lengthier than normal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and so rather than it serving as just an illustration to a point, uh-huh. if you will, I decided to let it kind of carry the weight of the sermon and mm-hmm. then let me apply what I learned from yep. it, So, which is more of an inductive narrative kind of style yep. of preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've had people ask me, describe your style of preaching and usually my response to that is on which Sunday because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I never really know <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, I used um, to. Well, just do whatever but this one was well I'm 30 years different. down the road yeah you're not going to follow a form somebody taught you in no. seminary I mean I would think that's right you've it's created your own kind of rhythm correct. of yeah mm-hmm. but this it was, a, it was a powerful memorable experience for me very spiritual um, one that I'm as I mentioned Sunday morning I I occasionally dream about it, mm-hmm. you know, just because it was so memorable. And I can still see the, you know, some of the images from mm-hmm. that room mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also can still see that little boy's face when he was trying to get down the aisle and mm-hmm. people were having to help him. And, <laughs> yep. you know, and uh, and then to find out years later that he has become yeah, a that powerful it, it leader. it took root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's to special. me it was just a testimony of the Spirit of God and that we're dealing with the forces of darkness. And, and I—, I I tried to segue for the church because you don't always have those kinds of moments, if you will, that are so demonstrative. Mm-hmm. Demonstrative to just say that, that 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 we need to be in tune with the spiritual world all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. One of the things that I have experienced in other parts of the world um, is just um, more of an ease, if you will, with the spiritual world. More of a sense of it being integrated into people's everyday lives. And here in America, um, that's probably not as much the case. Mm. You know, we're, mm-hmm. I guess, the industrialization of the West. I'm not sure. The, mm. um, there's probably a million reasons for it, but there's not as much ease with it. Also, I would tell you, you know, when I was y'all's age, you know, when, it's, it's funny because I think that uh, seminaries reflect the spirit of the age in some ways. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the consternation of the culture is usually reflected in what's going on in when you're getting your seminary education. Mm-hmm. Probably true in college campuses as well. But when I was in seminary, the yeah, raging was debate was the charismatic movement in America. Right. And it was very controversial in our particular denominational expression. Um, and so you had, um, you know, this, this Jesus revolution movement from the 70s that had spilled over into the 80s when I went to seminary. And so you still had, um, you had this, this, huge renewal that took place at Asbury Seminary mm-hmm. uh, on the heels of the Jesus Revolution that now mm-hmm. we've, you know, we've seen the movie about, and many people are a little more familiar with it. But when I was in seminary, that was a very controversial conversation because the charismatic movement was gaining uh, momentum in a way that was somewhat unprecedented in the, in the Western church. Mm-hmm. And right. so theologians were debating, is this of God? Is this uh, emotion? And also at the same time, you had the, since I was in Texas for seminary, you had the growth of Dallas Theological Seminary, which um, was the kind of the, the seat of dispensational theology. And so if you, if you went to Dallas Seminary in those days, you had to sign a statement that you were a dispensationalist. Which, if you're not familiar with that term, that really just simply means that history can be divided into periods of or dispensations. Correct of God's activity throughout mm-hmm. history. And one of the hallmarks of that movement at DTS would be that we live in a period of cessationism, right. meaning the Spirit's gifts, all of them, 
have ceased. Correct. <clears throat> so there's no speaking in tongues. You know, there's no there's no prophecy, healing. There's no miracle. Not not like not like you would see in the charismatic movement. So the DTS crowd, and I don't mean this pejoratively. I'm just saying it was a theological debate. It is what and, and it is. It what is what it was. And so we were we were watching it, and mm-hmm. we were in the middle of it mm-hmm. because even at Southwestern. I would say the faculty was divided over that issue. There were some who said, you know, we're they didn't they didn't like to be known as strict cessationists. They just liked to say that this there was a lot of emotion in this and it wasn't rooted in in good theology. But you had other professors who said it's in the New Testament. <laughs> you know, we're New Testament people and there's nothing in the Baptist faith and message that disallows it. So there's, mm-hmm. there's, right. words, there's nothing confessionally that we've ever agreed to that says you can't speak in tongues or whatever. Yeah. So the whole conversation about the Holy Spirit and the and the the role of the Holy Spirit was was um, really, uh, I would say, at kind of a high pitch mm. in those days. So it may sound a little odd to y'all. Y'all's situation was very different. You were dealing with much more cultural things. We were dealing with more of a theological yeah. debate within the church, right. if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no and one was really debating that yeah, no, through at seminary. Probably all weren't upset about it, you know. But at the time, no, all of it wasn't these controversial. individual kind of um, um, the whole evangelical movement was emerging, the moral majority, and all of that. And so we actually had a class in those days at Southwestern about denominationalism, and there was a book that we read, and it was it was entitled "Are Baptists Evangelical?" And the answer was no. How about that? Our most of our professors would say we are not a part of the evangelical movement. That is the because Moody I don't Bible Institute. That. But, you know, that yeah, what did the, that get? That is it, the fundamentalist movement. Okay. And then, then it was also becoming the charismatic movement. These mm-hmm. were evangelical Christians, mm-hmm. and their churches were because what that means up to everywhere. me today yeah. is different, right? It's same very same deal. Than oh it was yeah, then. yeah. So these churches that were popping up. Where they were speaking in tongues, and you had you had guys you know who were doing healing services, and people like Jimmy Swaggart, and then James Robinson, who was a Baptist evangelist, mm. got kind of pulled into it. Mm. And so our professors, at least many of them, were saying, "You see that that's evangelicalism running amok. It's either emotional <laughs> or it's political, or you know what I mean." Mm-hmm. So we're Baptists. We're not. We're not a part of all that. <laughs> and so I look back on that now and think, man, what a fascinating conversation we had. In those days, and it's so different today. But regardless, the Holy Spirit was at the heart of that. Well, for me personally, I had grown up in a church in the Deep South, and we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Ghost. And, um, you know, so Mm -hmm. I was reared on the King James Version of the Bible, and I sang the doxology every week, and uh, we, Mm -hmm. we believed in the Holy Ghost. But to be honest with you, he was referred to as an it, and we were, we weren't charismatic maniacs, we were charisphobics. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we were not charismatics by any stretch. We were a little nervous about what the Spirit So you sang the doxology do. every week? We did. At your mm-hmm. little Baptist church? Yeah, we did. How about mm-hmm. that? Okay, yeah. sorry, I got caught on that one. Yeah, we did. And uh, <laughs> so, um, so you know, um, when I was, so here I'm a young pastor, and I'm going on this mission trip, and, and, and now the good news is that the Green Acres leadership uh, Ken and Ron, several of those guys who were leaders of the mission work there, they were very much spiritual men. Mm-hmm. And they they said to people like me who were getting ready to go, you're entering into a spiritual environment. You just need to know mm-hmm. this is not, uh, it's not normal for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to see evidences of the spiritual world. Well, so I, like I said Sunday morning, I didn't go into all that necessarily Sunday morning, but I was a little nervous, mm-hmm. you know, just 
I never led a team and I was going to a place that had never, you know, hasn't had any decisions in all these years. And so I, w- I was kind yeah. of on high alert, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And I would tell y'all that's probably a part of the reason that I felt like we weren't supposed to leave because I felt like I immediately recognized this was a demonic expression. This was a demonstrative thing. Something was about to happen. Mm. And I felt like the forces of evil were trying to drive our little team out of that mm-hmm. valley. So you didn't see it just as uh, my people are getting burglarized. Correct. Yeah. And and the pastor there you, saw that. You too. saw it deeper. Yeah. The pastor there said that this just doesn't ever happen here. Huh. We don't we don't we've never had a team robbed here, mm-hmm. you know. And so we we ended up having a little meeting and we all looked at each other and said, Well, this is demonic. Mm-hmm. You know, we're okay, we're not no, we're not giving into this. Yeah. You know? And uh now granted when they when they came back and said the guys have escaped, well, that was uh, that called yeah. for another meeting. <laughs> yeah, mm. but they caught them, <laughs> you know? right? Eventually, I mean, they caught them after said, we left. Yeah, yeah. what well, after we left, the, when our team was leaving, they asked actually contacted me in the capital city on our way out because they caught the guys again, and so I had to stay longer to, by yourself, uh-huh, by myself, to attend a trial to kind of make sure everything was going. Now, we had a missionary there, you know. I didn't really know him, but but you were. But yeah. I was, it was just very different. So. Was that setting, as I was listening to your story, uh, did, did you have a translator? Is that didn't, how that— Didn't have to because they, they spoke they're, English. they're a British colony, oh. so they, they speak the king's English. So they get, they understand mm-hmm. you. I, yeah. I was trying to picture now, that. they had uh, this tribal, um, I say tribal, this kind of a Creole okay. mixture uh-huh. that they used out in the jungle area where we were, but they all spoke English. But they, they also spoke English. There. Mm-hmm. How about that? Okay. Yeah, they had a little school there, so mm. they were English speakers. And, okay. and, and it was kind of a mixed— Yeah. Uh, kind of English, but 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 the English they spoke had a British uh, feel to it. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah, no, okay. I didn't have to have a translator. Oh, okay, except for the Holy Spirit. Oh, mm. <laughs> speaking of, okay, uh, you talked on yesterday mm-hmm. about this Greek word, mm-hmm. uh, the Paraclete. Correct. Did I say that right last mm-hmm. last Parakletos, week? Parakletos, Parakleto, whatever. Last week mm-hmm. I butchered some Greek. No, it's okay. We've all done it. Pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I do it every day or every time I say it. So will you tell us a little bit about the paraclete? It's such an interesting, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. says, I'm going to leave you, but I will leave with you, mm-hmm. the paraclete. Right. How, give us your best, What mm-hmm. what is that <laughs> or who is he, mm-hmm. however you want to say that, mm-hmm. or she, mm-hmm. what are we doing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. How does it well, change our life? Well, the good news is in John 14, Jesus does say spirit of truth. So it's obviously the spirit of God. And then he mm-hmm. says, the Spirit will be with you and will be in you. Mm-hmm. So we're recognizing with and in. in. We're talking uh-huh. about the Holy Spirit of God mm-hmm. or the Spirit of Christ. Um, but that interesting word, you know, I, I spent a good bit of time last week with just several commentators. And as I said Sunday morning, there there is a disagreement about the best way to translate it. Obviously, that's why you get counselor, comforter. Advocate. Advocate. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just says paraclete. And that's kind of them yeah. saying, we don't know. We don't know. We don't do want it. to project yeah. an English word on it. I will say that the modern feel is there's a discomfort with the word counselor among mm-hmm. among translators today. And I think that's because when that word is just used um, more professionally today, you uh, know, if you need to go see a counselor. Well, it would be you know, a therapist today, but in the original right. translations, it'd be like the counselor to a king. Right. Or yeah. One who provides counsel. Right. Not, not a therapist. Right. Guidance. Yeah. So, but... The reason, you know, a number of Kostenberger, um, I mean, M- M- D.A. Carson, a lot of the folks that have, that have really just spent a lot of time in the Greek, Craig Keener, they all like the word advocate. And I think that the, the one of the reasons is most of the more modern interpreters of John see Jesus on trial in John's gospel. 
and mm-hmm. the new followers of Jesus as now on trial mm-hmm. because many of them were Jewish Christians, and we think John was primarily writing to them. And so when you know you find these phrases like you're going to be thrown out of the synagogue, well, a Gentile, why would a Gentile care about being thrown out of the synagogue? Mm-hmm. You know, so these were obviously Jewish believers. And so there's this imagery of the fact that Jesus was on trial, so to speak, and that his followers were going to be on trial. And so Jesus, while he was present with them, was an advocate for them. And he mm-hmm. says, I'm going to send you another advocate. So the idea that the Spirit of God is there not just to guide, but he's also there to protect Mm -hmm. and to advocate for the people of God, to make a case for them against the forces of evil, Mm -hmm. against the brokenness of our world, Mm -hmm. is probably the way I would take it, at least the way it's used there in John. Because, you know, the the gospel writers are comfortable with the Holy Spirit, but they tend to focus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tend to focus on the Holy Spirit in the ministry of Jesus itself. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's birthed. Because he's conceived, yeah. You by said the Holy some of that Spirit, yesterday. He's anointed yep. by the Holy Spirit, but it's you know, about the, Jesus's life correct. and his interaction That's with the Spirit. What I mean. Yes, he's. But what does this look like? Spirit. That's right. You for don't us. really get much of that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yeah. You get that in John. So it's obvious that Jesus had the Spirit, but it's correct. almost like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's Jesus. That's right. But mm-hmm. yeah, what does that have to do with me? Right. Which is why we are grateful for this whole text from John. Yeah, where John, John says, is basically saying the Spirit of God is for you. Well, I mean, the lines of Jesus where he says, "Like it's better that I leave you." Right. Mm-hmm. Because this thing is coming, right. and you think, what in the world would be better? Right. I mean, if you're exactly. the disciples looking at Jesus, who you've given up everything to follow, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and you might die, <laughs> and he right. says, "I'm going to leave you," yeah. and it'll be better. For and you. actually, it's better for you. Then I think I, I would be like, yeah. I think I'm good with what That's I've right. got. That's right. <laughs> I do not well, need this trade. Then he goes on and says, "You'll do greater works than mine." And you think, and, what are you? You know what, are you you know what I mean. About? So that's why I tried to say yeah. Sunday morning, put a little different spin on that because I think when people read it, they think, uh, okay, I'm not going to die for the salvation of the world. I don't believe that's <laughs> right. what he yeah. meant. Name a greater work, <laughs> right? Jesus. So yeah. I think though, when he said you're going to do greater works than mine, well, how many people did Jesus? Like I said Sunday morning, how many people did Jesus heal? Yeah. In his lifetime, mm-hmm. I don't know, but look how many people have been healed through Christians. Through the centuries, or how many people did he feed? Well, look how many people we have fed. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what Jesus is saying: these acts of humility and grace and charity, you're going to do way more. Than, I mean, Billy Graham has preached to more people than Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, all due respect, wow. I'm just saying, yeah. you're going to. There, there are things that are going to unfold in front of you mm-hmm. that you can't even imagine, and I'm going to give you my spirit. Right, it's, and it's because Jesus is with us. Right, right. And so, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. it's uh, still his work. But I think the I like the translation advocate. Okay. That makes sense to me to know that I have someone kind of pleading my case. It's in a little, the midst yeah, of it I've all. always had courtroom imagery. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably, you know, it's probably not fair. It's probably American courtroom imagery yeah. <laughs> that obviously Jesus yeah. didn't have in mind. Right. But the, the yeah. advocate part yeah. that he's kind of the heavenly council. There you know, it is. Where Let's get a little more spiritual. Job is, you know, going to be on trial, if you will, and you've got the council meeting around God. You got Satan kind of pleading his case. You know. That well, yeah, of course, Job will follow you. You know, look at what he does. Well, mm-hmm. I just imagine that as things like that are taking place, where Satan, because I believe Satan can only do what he's permitted to do. I think he has a limited realm, limited authority, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't, I don't have any doubt that I think he tries to plead his case sometimes before God to have more authority and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I just think the the spirit of God though is there as our advocate. Mm-hmm. And think about, and we'll talk about this this coming Sunday. How the Spirit of God is not just at work in us; the Spirit of God's at work in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell us more. And then, and then, not yet. Okay. Think about what the new heaven, and the new earth will be like, because God will be unopposed. 
Right. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's going to be I so... I mean, I do think about it. I do imagine. He's unopposed. So... Yeah. A little hint for next Sunday, so... I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, but... But I will say this. I think yeah. for today, I, I would say I think we're a little more comfortable in, in, the, in the Baptist context in the West with conversations about the Holy Spirit and trying to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. There's more freedom in worship. I mean, I, I know it's going to sound crazy to y'all, but um, when I was pastoring in Garland, we actually had meetings about um, folks who wanted to raise their hands in worship, mm-hmm. and it was. I remember going to a business mm-hmm. meeting as a child where someone almost yeah. called lightning down from heaven on yeah. people who wanted right. to do that. So right. it was disturbing. It mm. was disturbing the congregation. I actually had to have pastoral meetings about what are we going to do now when someone raises their hand in worship because it's very disconcerting. And was that born out of this it was born California? Out of the, yeah, this whole Jesus movement. Yes, thing? it was things like you had. Uh-huh. Um, you had a, a church over in Dallas that was growing, and it was full-out charismatic. And I think somewhat—I I would say I went to it. I think it had some theological grounding. But you also had some other large churches in the Metroplex that, to me, were were very loose with the Scripture. They were also growing. Mm. And so people would say, man, those, some of those folks, they're, they're coming into our church now. We're going to end up, you know, who knows, next thing you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a slippery slope. And so, uh, so now it's um, you know we have a much freer expression of worship in the Baptist family than we had when I was y'all's age, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I still don't think though that we are as attuned to the reality of the spiritual realm, no, as we should be as the people of God. And yeah. by we, you mean us Americans, mm-hmm. Western For sure. American Absolutely. church, American I think Baptists, we explain everything away as a first floor explanation. Mm. Mm. We, so yes, because we have the scientific method, we and we we, we understand yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off, Luke. I no, go ahead. Going somewhere. Well, I had some questions for you, Doctor Wells. Uh, you chose this story about Belize, correct? Which honestly, uh, uh, we've talked about this. Luke and I field, and with Kurt and others, but we field the Welcome Home Center on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing the ser- the service is often playing on a TV, and if it's quiet, we get to participate. Mm-hmm. But if it's not quiet, like yesterday. I just see you on the screen, and I could tell you were telling a story mm-hmm. about a trip you took. Mm-hmm. I made an assumption that it was probably Niger, Sierra Leone, <laughs> Guinea, Guinea, because bec- exactly mm-hmm. because I have heard just from living life with you and Kurt particularly mm-hmm. some wild stories mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the spirit of God interacting. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the time we send our trips to Sierra Leone, they mm-hmm. come back with stories about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to put, I don't want to tell stories like the Stearns have told me stories from mm-hmm. there and it's, they're incredible. Mm-hmm. There's almost no denying the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so I was very surprised that you chose the belief story. Not that I'm trying to tell you right. what illustrations to choose, right. uh, but do you want to talk about any of that? I mean, I just feel like when we talk about your, your personal experience oh internationally goodness. with the spirit, is there mm-hmm. anything on the tell me more level that you want our people to hear? Well, I mean, and if we had Kurt here, I would say, Kurt Grice, you tell me, yeah, <laughs> you know, we've had some really, yeah, fascinating. When I think about uh, one of our, you told me stories about one of our church members just getting called by name. Yeah, we had in um, a setting where they right. could not have known that is right his we, name. We, um, yeah, we've we've had, yes, yeah, some just, just amazing like encounters with evil. You know, um, right in front of us, and at the same time, with the power of the Spirit of God. Yeah, we. There's a. There's but maybe a, not as veiled as like burglars with machetes. That's right. You it, know what I mean. That's right. Like Very different. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, Und- undeniable. Of course. Right. Um, 
Actually, that happened to us in Belize. I didn't tell this part of the story either. We were, when we first got there, we were um, we were kind of just getting oriented. We met with a missionary before we headed out to the jungle there in, in Belize. And uh, so there were several of us who were just walking down the street. There was this festival that was taking place. And, um, and so there was this kind of a Rastafarian group who was having some type of a celebration. Well, there was a lady who was obviously very uh, animated, very spiritual, had all the, um, you know, the dress of someone who was was somewhat kind of like, I hate to say witch, but that's what they called her. Mm -hmm. So whatever. And we're just walking down the street and all of a sudden she sees us and she turns and she jumps out in front of us and she points her finger at me and she starts just cussing like it's just incredibly and then saying things like, go home. You're not welcome here. We don't need you here. We know what you bring here. Mm. Mm. You are not to be here. Mm -hmm. And I curse you. I forbid you. And you, you know, we're we're <laughs> we're just in a, we're at a carnival, you know, and we're like, oh my gosh. And so they all, you know, my little team looks at me, and I say to them, at that point, nothing had happened. Mm -hmm. and, and what was, you know, in my mind, what's she going to do? And so I looked at them and I said, y'all, we said we were going to encounter, you know, this kind of demonic presence. Well, here it is, you know, at this little carnival. So that was day one in mm -hmm. Belize before we ever got to the valley. So, but we've had experiences like that in, in West Africa. Oh my goodness. You know, we, we had a team, we were taking them to um, a place um, in Senegal and there was a certain place where it had just been really, really hard. We didn't really know why, but here's what we knew. The missionary family that lived there, um, their daughters would come to them and say, Daddy, would you come get this man out of my room? And so the dad would go into the room. He couldn't see the person, but he could see the impression on the bed next to his daughter. And she and the daughter would say, Could you could you make this man leave? And he would rebuke this demon, leave. You would actually see the the, the bed the imprint. release the imprint. Mm. And uh, and it, it was so normal that mm -hmm. the little girl would say, Dad, he's back in here. So we were sending a team up there, and Cindy was familiar with it, and she was a part of that team. And they were at the last gas stop to where you could actually get fuel. Long way from anybody who would speak English, who would know anything about us. I mean, it was, as Cindy says, we passed the uttermost sign mm -hmm. <laughs> way back, you know. Mm -hmm. And our little team is stopping and just trying to get some water and some gas and a guy, African man, speaking with some other men, speaking their tribal language, turns around and points his finger at one of our guys, calls him by name, and says, we know why you're here. Go home. Well, that freaked him out. I mean, perfect English. And everybody heard it. And, you know, Cindy was like, okay, nobody here speaks English. And why would they know your name? Mm -hmm. You know, mm. obviously. Well, when we when finally we we've, once these, they got up there, got the work done. Josiah was with them. Josiah, they they slept outside on the roof because it was just so hot in the house. It's, it's, Josiah said it was like sleeping in an oven. But anyway, mm. um, we'll come to find out. Once the people in that community realized these missionaries weren't leaving, the elders of the village finally came to them and said, "Okay, we just need you to know before y'all came, we planted four curses on the corners of these of this home." to curse your family, to curse this work, and to keep you. And we called on the forces of darkness to invade this home. 
And and so the leaders of the village removed. They'd actually dug them. They were they were physical curses that they they had crafted and spoken over. Mm. And they dug them up because they realized this family wasn't going to leave. So the village community said, "We're going to call off the forces of evil." And then the, the the girls never saw the demons again. So, you know, and and sending them prayed, and we're wondering why is this happening? You mm-hmm. know, what is the because we have missionaries in so in very hard places. Um, but once that happened, and then the missionaries, we rededicated that home, our team did. And, um, you know, they never saw those demons again. So, yeah, those kinds of things mm-hmm. happened. And what was interesting was the village people there were not surprised at all that someone was visiting the girls. Of course, that's what they wanted. That's what they called on, you know. Uh, we have other work that we're doing where we've got, um, you know, demonic forces where they, you know, they have this festival every year and you have to offer up a sacrifice of a child. And, um, you know, we've worked in those communities, and we've also seen them to be delivered from that, where they're no longer doing that. Some mm-hmm. tangible expression, our work in Sierra Leone, we now have churches in those communities that were performing child sacrifices. And, in fact, our leader was one of the ones designated yeah. for child sacrifice, mm-hmm. and he was delivered. And so, yeah, I mean, we've had, oh, my goodness, in Costa Rica, we've had the shaman make rocks levitate, you know, and mm-hmm. then say, now— let your God do that. Mm-hmm. And um so proud of our um, some of our workers there because one of the workers there looked at this shaman and said, well, my God, I'm not going to ask him to make those rocks levitate. I'm going to ask him to change your life and change your eternity so that you don't die and suffer in hell forever. He can do that. Can your God do that? And then that shaman came to one of our clinics that we were hosting. We were doing a medical clinic, and he brought those rocks, and he, we had a ceremony. He threw them in the river, mm. and he said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I want I want the peace that your God brings because this has brought me nothing but corruption mm. and hate and hurt and dark forces and can't sleep at night and I have no assurance in my life and mm-hmm. and um, all that and so we saw that as a spiritual delivery that those rocks were thrown into the into the river and mm-hmm. then we were able to baptize him in that river so mm. Mm. How about it. <laughs> <Well, laughs> so I, I all know. kinds of things have happened to us. Well, can I not not in, in closing, but. Keep going. Maybe a, a, la- a, a final question that you mm-hmm. can take wherever you want to go, because you talked about peace, and I, I think uh, we can. When we think about the spiritual Holy Spirit, we can we can go to this really like cosmic battle, right? Very intense, mm-hmm. and we need to think about those things mm-hmm. as Westerners. We need to be mm-hmm. challenged by those things because it's real. In fact, as I was listening mm-hmm. to your sermon, I thought, when's the last time I was been on an international mission trip? Mm-hmm. It's been quite some time, mm-hmm. um, a decade probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was challenged. Just, I mean. Am I going to take my triplets? To, no, but how do I uh, yeah, make sure I don't get stuck, right, in uh, my own ways of thinking? So sure. anyway, challenging for me. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing you talked about, and you just touched on it, this shaman says, well, this, this hadn't done anything for me. Mm-hmm. I, I want the peace that you're offering. Mm-hmm. That's part of the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's not just we get to do battle with demons, mm-hmm. <laughs> although we mm-hmm. we have that authority through Christ. Right. But well, can you talk about the peace of Christ mm-hmm. that is to Absolutely a gift of the Spirit mm-hmm. and a fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think it is the the joy of living mm-hmm. with Christ, mm-hmm. right? It's the mm-hmm. the reward mm-hmm. is peace, but in, I don't know, we, we have kind of a pejorative, like, throw up a peace sign mm-hmm. when it's such a rich biblical mm-hmm. word. And if you, mm-hmm. if you hitch its wagon to Shalom in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, just mm-hmm. the offer of peace, mm-hmm. especially in our world. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that some? Yeah, and I and I appreciate you mentioning that because I mean that is one of the things Jesus said, "My peace I'm going to give you," and and I believe that is one of the greatest gifts from God through His Spirit, because you know He doesn't promise to calm every storm. No, you know, and so, um, 
and he doesn't promise to answer every dilemma or problem. And I think that's sometimes where we get tripped up. Man, if God, if God cared about me right now, he would, you know, he would provide this new job for me. Or if God would, if he cared, he would heal my daughter, you know. And, and it, it starts with a faulty premise. God cares and God loves. In fact, it's almost like our mm-hmm. response when we tell God, I love you, what we probably ought to say is, I love you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because he's already said yeah. he loves us. And displayed, uh-huh. not just so said. Right. Yep. It's not the question, if God cared. Well, come on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but what I've learned through the years is, is that God has this way through his spirit of giving us a, a sense of his presence and we get aligned with his purposes and we find ourselves in sync with him and he just brings this shalom into our lives mm. regardless of what we're facing. There's a certain stability in it and a depth of trusting in, in the deeper things of God when mm-hmm. I can't quite make sense of my current reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know that it experiences, you experience it everywhere else because to me, other religions so often almost teach a negation of the current reality you know you can kind of you can kind of rise the point is to escape it it. yes Mm -hmm. and that's not it Mm -hmm. that's not what god does he gives you the peace in it Mm -hmm. and i've been in hospital rooms i've been in um i've been with families who've received terrible news i've been with this last week i was with a family with one of our dear saints and i knew when i knew when i walked in the room and his some of his family was there when i looked at him i knew this saint right here is almost gone from mm-hmm. this old world. You could just you could just feel it, and um, even when I held his hand, I could just feel there was no tension in his body. Mm-hmm. You know, there there just wasn't. And we were talking about this. This we're close to the end here. There was just a there was a peace even among his kids. Of you know, we know where our dad will be, and uh, and for some reason, as much as we'll we'll grieve and we love him. We're okay, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 we we talked about John fourteen. Don't let your heart be troubled. It's okay. There's just this profound peace. My family right now, we're facing some things that I would I'm not chosen. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know you you hope every day to get good news. You hope every day that you know okay, Lord, give us some give us some good news mm-hmm. here. You don't get good news every day, you know. Uh, and and so we've asked God to bring something that's not rooted in the news that we get. That's rooted in the good news we already have. Mm. Mm. You might want to say that one more time. So, just, well, can you repeat that? Can well, I repeat it, it for just, you? <laughs> well, it just it just came to me this morning. Yeah, because we got a little bit of news we we weren't expecting today, mm. and uh, we're going to have to change doctors for some stuff. And and I just said, you know, Lord, my peace is just not rooted in the news I'm getting. It's rooted in the good news I already have, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm leaning into. And believe it or not, I felt just the just the mm. peace mm-hmm. of the Spirit of God. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And it is real. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah. I believe we we lean into that and we offer that yeah. to people because that's what the Spirit of God yeah. can do that no one else can do. It's good. So mm. there you have it. It's good and it's true and it's one of the only true things we have. And so we need to figure out how to keep it in front of us that's right. as, yeah. as, can, as a people. And we can promise it. Jesus promised it. Yeah. I can't promise you good news in your circumstances all the time. I wish I could, mm-hmm. but I just can't. But man, but the good news, I can promise you the peace of Christ, though. Yeah. Mm, I think that's a good word. Through the Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit of God. That's a great mm. word. <laughs> well, 
I think we've said what we need to say today. I think today. so. It's been a good day. It's, it's a good, good Monday. I enjoy the conversation. I look forward to next week continuing it. Same. Amen. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Have a good day.